Kyle, thank you for taking time to be on the Bitcoin Source. Can you first start off by introducing yourself to the audience? Sure. My name is uh, Cal Casa. I'm an Ethiopian Bitcoiner. For the past uh, two years and some change, I've been talking about Bitcoin and how it could uh, support countries like Ethiopia, support developing countries, or I guess now we call them countries in the global south, uh, escape uh, inflation and some of the ills of their local currencies. Uh, so I'm an educator. I, I talk about Bitcoin. I um, I talk about uh, some of the other currencies that haven't really uh, been good for us um, and some of the cryptocurrencies that are um, what I think are scams and and uh, and failures. Most definitely. Thank you, Kyle, for that introduction. So, Kyle, like what are some of, you know, books, courses or even people in the ecosystem that might have helped you to become a better Bitcoiner and source your Bitcoin knowledge? Sure. So I think, um, you know, early on, I, I was reading uh, uh, Seth Adina Mus and uh, Andreas uh, Antonopoulos, um, Jimmy Song. You know, I think these are you know, authors, Bitcoiners that are very true to their signal. <laughs> you know, they have a lot of signal, um, uh, not not as much noise. And so, you know, I, I recommend for you know any students that kind of are, are jumping into this field, um, trying to understand Bitcoin to look into those three authors um, and if you start there everything else gets gets easier yes most definitely shout out to jimmy song i actually interviewed him um, he's a true bitcoiner i've learned a lot from him and uh i just think he's a great guy um so kyle i know that you talked about this on like bitcoin magazine some other podcasts but i've always been very interested um as an african you know first generation american and coming from african descent um, I was always curious to know about your journey. So can you talk about your journey moving from Ethiopia to Texas and how Bitcoin has become like a laser focus of yours in a mission since you've been in America? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, so the whole reason I moved to Texas in 2020 was because of the lockdowns, right? So uh, Texas at that time was one of the only kind of free places um, in the world, I would say. Um, not only that, but Austin has a great kind of Bitcoin uh, center. It has great meetups, it has great people and community around it. Um, and so, you know, that decision to leave Ethiopia, um, it, it came very easy. Uh, and uh, it also led to my um, my rabbit hole um, because that, that year, uh, the Ethiopian currency lost a lot of value. Um, Ethiopia was uh, in the middle of a civil war. Um, and for almost three weeks in, in June of 2020, uh, all of Ethiopia, uh, this is, you know, 110 million people, uh, did not have access to the Internet. <laughs> and so, you know, you had the Wi-Fi and 3G, 4G networks going down. Um, you had the currency being devaluated. Uh, and it was at that time I, I, you know, the engine started turning and I said, all right, let's you know, what are some ways to save my value, right? And and that's that's kind of how this, this uh, you know, Bitcoin thesis kind of came in me. And, um, and uh, you know, I, I travel back and forth to Ethiopia now and I, I, I share the word and I think it's it's getting some, some good reception. Um, and it's also been a very, you know, good year for, you know, us to learn about all of the other kind of failures in uh, the industry, right? And so, you know, with, with FTX collapsing and, you know, a lot of the other um, tokens uh, kind of showing their true face, 
Um, I think it's a great time for for the education of it all. And, you know, me being in Texas, I think it's it's adding a great deal to my own um, education. Most definitely. And I, I think it's really paramount to like, you know, you, you mentioned the civil war in Ethiopia. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was around 2020, 2019. That was around the time that was happening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it escalated. And I think in uh, November 2020, um, that's when some of the uh, some barracks in the north were were hit. Um, and, you know, thankfully now we're we're at a peace, there's a, been a, I want to say a peace treaty of some sort, um, uh, kind of a call for arms. And it seems like, you know, the, the main people in, involved are now, um, you know, working together. They, there, there was a few formal agreements. I want to say one in Nairobi, another one in Pretoria uh, that have been signed. So Ethiopia seems to be at peace now. Most definitely. And I think, you know, with the pandemic and with COVID, it kind of was amplified and, you know, I love the fact that you were actually able to get out of the country. A lot of people have difficulty doing so. And what I find very interesting, and this kind of segues to my next question, is you have so many eyes, so many people looking at the potential of Africa as far as digital infrastructure and digital assets. So, for example, Visa is pledging to invest a billion dollars into Africa by 2027. And that leads me to believe and think about some cryptocurrencies and protocols that are kind of heavily invested in the country, um, Cardano being one of them. I know that you've had some videos on YouTube where you talk about Cardano and a lot of its major flaws and failures in, as far as a store of value and kind of uh, liberating Africans like you know Cardano has been pitching. So you know, what do you say to people that believe Cardano was more efficient than Bitcoin and it can scale better and why Ethiopians should focus on Bitcoin only? Sure. So you know, you can look at, you know, the facts, right? You could look at uh, Bitcoin um, being truly decentralized. Uh, you can look at Bitcoin having a proof of work, which um, I think we can uh, somewhat agree is, is, is very much superior to proof of stake. Um, and, uh, and you can look at some of their promises in Ethiopia. Um, so 2018 is when they first arrived. Um, so this was, you know, four, almost five years ago now, and still they're, they're pushing the blame. So they're saying, Hey, look, we've, we've delivered what we've delivered. Now it's up to the Ethiopian government to implement, right? So they keep, you know, kind of, uh, uh pushing the, the, uh, the goal mark. And, and so, you know, I would say, no, you know, Cardano is not at all comparable to Bitcoin. Um, and you know, what, what we'll see is just a continued failure. We've seen failure in their price. Right. So, uh, I think when I, when I gave that, that, um, that lecture, uh, in early of uh, 2020, their price was around, you know, a dollar or so now they're struggling below 30 cents. Um, and I think that's going to continue to happen as, as, you know, this contagion kind of, uh, moves through the market. Um, and then you can look at other economies like, um, Central Africa Republic, uh, they were looking at, you know, two different solutions, Bitcoin being one, Sango being another. And I think just this week they were um, saying, well, there, there's not enough interest in Sango, <laughs> right? Uh, uh, so they blamed it on two reasons. One, uh, the market is not uh, in a good spot. And two, uh, the investor interest has been dying uh, out. So, uh, you know, I think things are just going to naturally uh, move into uh, Bitcoin. Um, and, you know, even me, when I was learning about this place or, or, or this space, I hate to say space, you know, it's, it's really a, a Bitcoin or, or nothing at all kind of conversation for me. But 
when I was learning about Bitcoin, I did fall into some of the other traps. Um, I you know bought Ethereum at some point and and, and some of those other uh, shit coins. Um, but uh, you know I think time is is teaching us a valuable lesson. Um, I want to say two weeks ago, uh, Paxful, uh, uh, Ray Yusuf. Right. They've pledged to take Ethereum off of their marketplace. Right. And so we're going to just continue seeing seeing news like this. Um, and and so yeah, the crypto or the Cardano guys are, are slowly just going to lose their um, their appeal. And, you know, what's very interesting is that you have some naysayers that will say, oh, Kyle is disgruntled. You know, he he's claiming that Cardano is not, you know, you know, it's not centralized. It's actually decentralized and Bitcoin can't scale. And, you know, I've seen some comments under like some of the speeches that you've made on it. And like, what do you have to say to those people that think that you're disgruntled because, you know, Charles didn't, uh, you know, keep his word or actually complete his mission that he's still working on with Cardano in Africa? Like, what do you say to that? Because some people might just say that Cardano hasn't really achieved what you believe Bitcoin has achieved. And in my personal opinion, I think that um, anytime you're dealing with a protocol or a cryptocurrency that has a face to it, it has a CEO, it has a founder, it has a team, it has a, a, a set of, uh, you know, board members or whatever the case may be, there's always the opportunity for manipulation or corruption or coercion. So like for me personally, I think that Bitcoin has one job and one job only, which is decentralization, freedom, money, and a store of value. But I just want to kind of clear the air for the audience to, you know, that might see some of your videos and think that, you know, you're just ranting about Cardano and just give your take on why you think Bitcoin is actually a whole lot better. Absolutely. Well, uh, you know, you might be able to say, look, I am disgruntled, right? When when uh, someone comes into your country, you know, I, I was living at that time in Ethiopia for eight years, you know, I was working as an advisor. Um, I had, um, you know, uh, some kind of contact with them. And uh, it's very sad to see, right? Empty promises, right? Somebody fly in and um, uh, instead of approaching the, the conversation with Bitcoin and open source decentralized technologies that can really support people, um, you know, take back their own value. Uh, instead, start off with a scam, a scam of Cardano, ADA token. Um, I think that's a, a, a you know very troubling thing to see. Um, so you know there is a lot of um, uh, you know I am upset, <laughs> right? And and I think you know. You know, we'll, we'll just have kind of time, uh, kind of tell us what, what the conclusion will be. Um, I think that conclusion is coming clearer and clearer every day. Um, and, and so, and of course, I, I wish their team, you know, the best and, and, I, and I hope uh, nothing but great things for their community. But I think it's very clear that uh, their token and their, um, their technologies are, are not uh, are not there. I think that the, the technical term is vaporware. <laughs> and, you know, Ethiopia is a beautiful country, and I think that it has a huge amount of potential as far as, you know, onboarding people to this digital asset, this digital revolution that we're going through. But of course, you know, with most central banks and governments, they're kind of nervous about Bitcoin. It's a new technology. It's kind of a disruptive technology. And I know that Ethiopia initially banned cryptocurrency in the country, and then they kind of like reversed their decision on that hostile take on crypto being illegal or nefarious. So are Ethiopians seeking alternatives to their weak, weaker currency because of, you know, the government banning it? 
or are they more focused on trying to have a store of value or giving remittances for people that are outside of the country so they can bring um, actual money back into the country? Like, I know you live there, so I want to hear your takes on, you know, what are Ethiopians actually utilizing and focusing on Bitcoin for? So uh, well, Ethiopians, I think, are, are most uh, utilizing the dollar. So, you know, to retain their wealth, um, they're going to move as much of their local currency, the Ethiopian BERT, into the United States dollar. And that's just been, um, you know, that, that's been very natural for an Ethiopian that can um, at least, uh, you know, afford to do that. And so uh, now the issue with that is, one, uh, the, you know, the, the dollar is um, essentially illegal in Ethiopia, unless you have the proper allowances and licenses, you know, you're this big company and, and you have uh, foreign assets and things like this. A normal Ethiopian can't walk into a bank and exchange their Ethiopian burr for the United States dollar. Um, so that creates a, a secondary market, a kind of a, we call it a black market. Um, you know, some advocates on on Twitter will call this the real market. Um, and so what that does is it creates a, a premium for the the dollar. Uh, so right now the dollar stands at a 70 or 75 percent premium. Um, so what that means is if you go to a bank and you're you're able to uh, get the allowances from the government, then you can buy one dollar for uh, 54 Ethiopian burr. Now, there's not a lot of liquidity there. And like I said, there are a lot of kind of laws and red tape. Um, and so it, but if you go to the, you know, uh, you know, neighborhood uh, broker, right, the black market, uh, you can buy one dollar for around 90 to 95 Ethiopian burr which just shows uh, the amount of demand for the dollar. Um, and, uh, and so that's kind of been our, our safe haven or, or you know, safest asset. Um, and then from there, you know, people might uh, buy property. Uh, that too, you know, re retains its, its, its wealth, um, its value, um, at least on par to the dollar. Um, people might venture into gold. Gold has been very culturally significant for uh, Ethiopians, much like, you know, Indians and, and things like this. Um, it's what you would give at, at weddings and, and, and uh, you know, um, uh, things like this. So, uh, you know, Bitcoin plays a, a, a big piece in that. But, you know, it takes a great deal of education to to understand why, you know, Gold is not necessarily a good medium of exchange, right? Um, uh, why the U.S. dollar, um, you know, over the longer term, right, 1970 or so, has been a depreciating um, currency, hasn't really been um, uh, good for for retaining wealth. So it, it's going to take a great deal of education to kind of share with with Ethiopians that you know this is a, a better, more pristine asset. Um, and so, you know, I, I think, you know, the majority of Ethiopians will get there. Um, there are some peer-to-peer -peer marketplaces. Paxful is there. Local Bitcoins is there. Um, there are some meetups. Uh, remittance, I think you, you just mentioned that now. That's going to be a big way for Ethiopians to, um, to build up their uh, or stack their sats. Because um, it, it just it doesn't make sense to give 8 or 10 percent of, of that remittance to uh, Western Union. Right. Yeah. When you can uh, pay zero and send it over through, um, you know, one of these uh, apps. And I think, you know, even Strike is now working in more countries. Machankura is doing kind of USSD yeah. technology. So, you know, there's, you know, a wealth of, of, of ways for Ethiopians to now 
um, by Bitcoin um, in peer-to-peer -peer markets. Um, and then also what I think will happen is you'll have more Ethiopians uh, begin working for Bitcoin. So, you know, a lot of Ethiopians are young um, and internet connection and, and uh, uh, you know, smartphones and whatnot are more accessible in, in the rural air, uh, regions. So I think you'll have Ethiopians um, log into uh, it's kind of like those you know, marketplaces for uh, jobs and gig work, the gig economy. Um, I think that's going to be kind of the, the next iteration of our adoption. Um, so even if the government doesn't look at it, even if, you know, our, our ministers, uh, uh, you know, don't think of this as a kind of an appropriate way to, to do business, I think that's fine because essentially this is a, a peer driven initiative and uh, and our, our, our Ethiopians will, um, you know, slowly understand this and quickly adopt this. Yes. And, you know, Bitcoiners always love to say, you know, slowly then suddenly. And then you have countries like Kars, you have uh, Nigeria, which is really big on the Bitcoin ecosystem. And they're really trying to push and change some laws to get things happening in that country. Like you said, Cal, you know, there's a lot of young people in the country and they're really tech savvy and they're focused on finding ways to trade value, right? And secure value, whether it's through digital assets or just peer-to-peer -peer transactions. So do you think in the future or later down the road, will that actually help deregulation or at least, um, you know, pushing it towards getting legal tender in Ethiopia? Yeah, I mean, the, the legal tender conversation is, is a big one. Um, and, you know, of course, I hope it happens. I'm pushing for that to happen. Uh, uh, and so, yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm hopeful that it will happen. But even if it doesn't, um, there's nothing keeping an Ethiopian right now from, you know, keeping us, you know, sats in, in a, in a you know, hardware wallet or, uh, you know, hot wallet, cold water, whatever it may be. So, um, yeah, you know, legal, legal, legal adoption will help. But. You know, some you know sometimes those negotiations with IMF and World Bank, they're um, it's very tough to say no. <laughs> and so uh, and so yeah, and also there's you know building consensus amongst uh, uh, you know government is a very difficult thing to do. So if you were to ask ten people, you know, ten ministers in Ethiopia how they feel about Bitcoin, um, you know, you're going to get ten different answers. Uh, ranging from kind of their exposure to it. And so, and, you know, they're generally a little on the older side um, and they value, uh, you know, fiat or, or state-led currency. So, you know, that conversation, you know, I, I hope Ethiopia looks to the example of El Salvador, um, but even if they don't, I think there's nothing keeping uh, Ethiopians um, and, and peers from, from adopt, adopting uh, successfully. Um, Ethiopians or people in Africa will be watching the show. And pretty much what Cal is saying is that Bitcoin is open source. It allows you to make cross-border payments without the approval of a centralized entity, a government, a bank, an overlord, a tribal leader. It doesn't really matter. And this is the beauty of the Bitcoin protocol, where if I feel compelled to send Cal some Bitcoin, I can send that to him through the Lightning Network or through Strike or Manchinkora or Cash App, and he would get this in less than 10 minutes and he could use this money to do whatever he wants. He can store it as Bitcoin. He can transfer it into fiat and use that on a day-to-day -day basis. It doesn't really matter. And this is the revolution that we're seeing now in the ecosystem where before this, 
money always had a gatekeeper. You couldn't just take money and transfer it somewhere. You had to wait three to five business days. You had to get a fee taken out. You had to get a signature of approval or deposit uh, check for it. So this is the beauty of Bitcoin, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm just so glad to have Cal on here to really give the scoop and give the rail on what it's like on the ground in Ethiopia, what it's like in Africa for people trying to onboard Bitcoin into their lives. So Cal, to uh, wrap this up, thank you for being on the Bitcoin source. Can you give people your social media handles and any future endeavors that you might want people to know about? Sure. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm on Twitter. That's probably the best way to contact me. Um, and, you know, I, I think, you, you know, you wrapped it up very well. And, uh, you know, when, when I look at, you know, Ethiopia, I think the, the hope or, or where, um, you know, the future might take us will be in uh, a mining for Bitcoin. I really think that's going to be a, a great value add for both the country and the Bitcoin network. Um, I think, you know, companies like Gridless are venturing yeah. on this in Kenya. Um, and, you know, they, they raise some money. They're going to be, you know, starting some pilot pro projects around some rural areas in Kenya. But, you know, that same model could be adopted into Ethiopia. Um, there's a great deal of hydroelectric uh, uh, energy. Um, it's very cheap energy in Ethiopia. So, you know, that model, I think, is very good. Um, I, you know, would like to say any students listening, you know, uh, log into uh, Kala. Uh, Q-A-L-A. -A. Um, it's a program led by Abu Bakr and, and some, you know, core contributors uh, of Bitcoin. But that's a great place to, you know, learn about kind of the technical developments of Bitcoin um, uh, and uh, potentially get a job in Bitcoin. Right. And for those that are in the gig economy, those that are, you know, graphic designers and, and X, Y and Z, they can um, log into uh, SOST, S-O-S-T dot tech. Um, that's kind of an Ethiopian built uh, uh, platform for gig work and you can get paid in Bitcoin. So, you know, I think all of these developments will you know, continue to happen um, and I'm excited for the ride. Kyle Casa, once again, I really appreciate you taking time to have this Bitcoin conversation. Have a good one. You too. Thank you so much, Daudu. Thank you. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh.